Listen, this might not be the best podcast you've ever heard. For for best podcasts, you might want to check out what are some what are some great ones? Um Reply All. Reply All. Bechtel Cast. Don't know that one, but okay. Criminal. Crime Town. Crime Town. Uh shit. Um Town. This American Oh yeah, Shit Town's good. Mm-hmm. Uh This American Life. But if you're more into Having an okay time. We got that covered. He ain't kidding. Is that too long? Nah. There's a bug in there. Welcome to episode 29 of Okay Time. I'm Steve Ellis, and I'm joined by Carl Grashit in the house tonight. In the basement today, tonight, yep. This morning. Um, sometimes I feel like we shouldn't say what time of day it is because you could listen at any time, you know? It's evening. <laughs> uh, or morning, or lunchtime, or 3 a.m. snack time. Sandwich. <laughs> this is the second to last episode of the season. We're going to do 30 episodes uh this season and then take a break. Um but tonight we this morning came together to talk about Abducted in Plain Sight, which is a documentary that I uh watched twice this week and the Ruiner by Made Out of Babies, an album from what year is it from? 2008. Record from 2008. Sounds like a haunted house over there. If you listen carefully, you can hear boots from above. Someone's calling from inside the house. Well, I mean, honestly, this house isn't as, it's way better made. It's well put together. It's not as creaky. The floors aren't as creaky as our previous home in Ferndale. Hmm. So, well, that's encouraging. Do you believe in ghosts and stuff? I'd like to. You think we're doing the right thing, breaking it up into seasons? I do. I thought about that like a few months ago and then kind of never brought it up. And so I was glad that Sarah did. I just feel like I just, we, we needed to keep it going long enough for people to take it seriously. Like it had to be in like several months you know, where we were pumping out something consistently. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I feel like we've done that. And now we're like just taking a moment to revisit what works the best and how we can make it better and try different things. Agreed. You were afraid we were taken too seriously, which is why you made that how-to video with you laying down in the snow. That's just how I teach. You do have a unique teaching style. It's a little bit like... Um, Careful how you choose. <laughs> public access television. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I was worried that you are going to be like, well, you're just the worst kind of person. <laughs> would never. Yeah, I find that's the best. If you got to... It's edutain. You got you to gotta hook them with something. You can't just drop some knowledge. Maybe if uh, some... We were shown stuff interesting funny 
edgy stuff like that when I was growing up and high school, maybe I would have paid attention and learned something. Which Delaware high school did you go to? There's only four. <laughs> There's definitely way more than four. Um, Dickinson, John Dickinson. Where's that? It's fairly close to you. I'm, I'm going to say like uh, four miles away. Hmm. And what are the last four years, Sosh? Cat, uh, uh, dog with hard eyes. Uh, what's that one? Um, dancing guy. Dancing guy. And don't forget eggplant. Eggplant. That's a common one. Mom's always sending that one. My mom accidentally sends the, she means to like send the crying emoji, like when something sad happens, but, or she tells us something sad, but she sends the <laughs> laughing so hard that tears are coming out emoji. <laughs> so it looks like she like sent info that about like my, one of my grandma's friends had passed away and she sent that emoji. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I love that. It, it's like always one of those things where it's your mom. So it's like, you can't. If it was someone else's mom, you could laugh about it. But since it's your mom, you're like, ah, <laughs> right. Like, I love it and I want more of it, but you would prefer it stopped right away immediately. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. So Steven, I had you watch this documentary on Netflix called Abducted in Plain Sight. Um, I don't think it's a Netflix original. I think it was bought by Netflix, but I have never in all my years seen more incompetence, more naivete, more ignorance, more blind willingness to trust a clear predator in my life. I don't. I don't know what else to say, except I kept feeling, I felt bad at the beginning for this family, but over the course of the documentary, I felt zero compassion for them. And I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Talk about. I may have watched the wrong movie. (laughs) None of of that's ringing a bell. I watched, um, it was about a a guy that um, lived with bears. Oh yeah. The uh, Werner Herzog. Uh, yes, that's the one. That movie's fucked up. It was good. Five bugs. <laughs> There's a good Werner Herzog. I think it's Into the Void at the beginning. He's like, we're the squirrels very agri- aggressive. Or like, he says something about the squirrels. <laughs> Did you talk to the squirrels? And the guy's like, what? Um, abducted in plain sight. I watched it twice. Um, here's the... Have you? First of all... Have you seen the official, uh, I'm going to put quotes around official website for this movie? No. It's so bad. It's really crazy. Like it has, the first thing you see is an enormous screenshot that somebody took of the Netflix logo from their, from from Netflix's website. That's in the band, in the header. Like someone took a screenshot on their phone, like they Googled Netflix and... Yes, 100%. But so this is a brief synopsis from the website about the film. On October 17th, 1974, 12-year-old Jan Broberg was kidnapped by her next-door neighbor and parents' best friend. Abducted in Plain Sight is a feature-length documentary about the stranger-than-fiction true story of the Brobergs and Ohio 
Idaho family who fell under the spell of a sociopathic neighbor with designs on their 12-year-old daughter. <laughs> Sorry, but I just went to the website. <laughs> Isn't it epic? <laughs> it's something like there's a form on the bo- Join our mailing list and never miss an update. <laughs> it looks like a... Serial killer made that website, right? It looks like the guy that is the 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 villain. The villain in this documentary made it before he died. Birchtold made it. Squarespace. So yeah, that that website's something else. Um, I'd like to immediately propose a alternate ending to this film, making it a short film. Uh, in the first five to ten minutes, you learn that Jan's parents noticed early in their friendship with Bob Birch told that he paid special attention to Jan and took lots of pictures of her. So, um, five. That's let's say that's seven minutes in. Mm-hmm. Um, you thank Birch told for uh, his short friendship and uh, ask him to leave your house and never come back. And that's the end of the movie. It'd be better, right? I agree. I think if these were any kind of normal, rational parents, they would have noticed that right away. They try to like play it off like there, there might not have been a lot of predators or like visible predators in that way. Or they people didn't know that they existed. But come on, come the fuck on, right? Um, so I made I'm I try to note that I mean, there's sort of endless examples of. Uh, naivete and um, willful disbelief. But I I noted some of the big ones. Er, Early on in the film, uh, Jan's dad says, I never had an inkling that he had sexual designs on Jan. We weren't even sure what a child molester was, you know? No, I don't know. I don't know (laughs) what it's like to not know what a child molester is. Um, I mean, I guess we have to take into account this was the 1970s, late 1960s, 1970s. Uh, so certainly this was a thing that was talked about much less. Um, they're from Idaho. I don't know what it's like in Idaho. I've been there once to ski, um, in a town where Bruce Willis owns a restaurant, but that was in the 1990s. And... I'm not a uh, Mormon, so we, I guess we do have to keep these things in mind, right? Um, but the, the the FBI agent that they interviewed a bunch said something similar, uh, something about uh, not knowing what a pedophile was until this case. But he was also like multiple times in the documentary, like these people yet again went against what I told them to do. They fucked up. Like he, he wasn't there to, to sympathize. He was like, I told them not to do that. They, what do they do? Right. That's true. Um, Broberg. I'm just going to, if I say Broberg, I'm referring to the dad. Cause I don't remember his first name. I think Marianne was the mom. Is that, does that sound right? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'll say mom or dad maybe. Um, but the dad Birchtold gives the family drops a fruit basket off. And the dad says, I was personally thrilled. This is a pretty sharp guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's not something you think if somebody gives you a fruit basket, you're not like, wow, what a sharp guy. 
strange knows how to really give me give a guy a gift yeah uh another great example of their cluelessness uh birch told decides that he's gonna put a up a wall in jan's bedroom that she shares with her sister and at least the way that it was posed in the film was that it was his idea not jan's not the parents and they're just gonna let him come in and build a wall in their house. And he was telling them it was for his therapy. Like he, for like having inappropriate thoughts for young women, he like needed to sleep in their like what 11, 12 year old daughter's room, but I put up a wall. Like what the fuck? Come on. Yeah. So countless, um, things were fishy about, um, things that he was feeding to the family in order to get opportunities to abuse the daughter, um, we should say that he was manipulating the parents pretty um, severely, having sexual relationships with both of them at different times, um, and then you able to use that against them at uh, later dates. Um, like you said, he uh, told the parents that he needed to sleep in Jan's bed as part of a therapy for working with his own childhood trauma, and the parents uh, allowed that. Um, so unbelievable. <laughs> um, uh, another, the last example of these parents just making insane decisions. The mom had an eight month affair with, uh, Bob Birch told after he had kidnapped her daughter and married her in Mexico. It's like if they made a true detective season and it was a parody, but like they don't even have to explain it. Like if you were just watching this on HBO, you would assume it was a, like a joke true detective yeah. season, but it's like, what did you ever watch? Um, American Vandal? No, I didn't. Was it funny? Kind of sometimes. Yeah. I didn't, I watched the whole first season and just a couple episodes of the second, but there were moments where when the dad is being interviewed that I felt like I was watching a mockumentary for sure. Mm. Some of the strangest details of the story, uh, Birchfield was able to convince Jan that the two of them were abducted by aliens. He drugged her by uh, giving her vitamins or her um, allergy medication. And as she would come in and out of consciousness, he played uh, tapes with messages from aliens, two aliens named Zeta and Zethra. Uh, they said that she must have a child with her, the male companion before she turned 16 or else there would be consequences to her family. That really felt like way too weird to be real. And yet <laughs> it is. I, I came up with a, a few other ways Jan's parents could have fostered lifelong trauma for their daughter that are no less crazy than what actually happened. Number one. A mountain lion has been sighted on the edge of town. Let's send Jan out to spend the night in the woods wearing a meat vest. <laughs> Number two, Jan can't swim, but she's got to learn sometime. Let's push her out of the boat and, and go have lunch. 
Uh, and number three, Jan doesn't seem to have much of an appetite, so we give her a cracker on Wednesdays. <laughs> My haiku, it's fairly dark. Tenacious Satan. <laughs> Danger stranger than fiction. No relief in sight. <laughs> he needed relief. Oh. If you don't know what part that is referring to, you can watch it yourself, listener. That part's tough because um, it is undeniably funny, and yet I actually can't tell. Am I laughing because it is funny? Am I laughing because I'm so uncomfortable? Is there a combination? I think it is a combination. Um, I think it's a combination, but like it's still like an an assault, you know, but... It's like, because these people are so naive and like the, the dad was just so willing to do anything to help what, who he considered a friend and the way he phrased it. It's, it's funny. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I want to say is I was, this is a, not a fully formed thought or opinion, so I'm not sure, um, what I mean by this, but there's something about the reenactments of Birchtold. Like I found the guy to be, it was like an attractive kind of hip looking actor in, um, style, a style of clothing that is so, sort of came back into style. So I just didn't appreciate feeling, um, when I saw him on screen, I was like, oh, that's a that's a cool guy. Wait a minute. No, that's not a cool guy. It was like, you know how when, whenever, maybe because he was so char- said to be so charismatic, they chose an actor for the reenactments who was uh, visually charismatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there was any dialogue, but... I guess I wanted him to look more like an ogre and like have like pus coming out of his eye, just like reflect his behavior. Yeah. The upsetting thing about that is the cat, like this, this was all made by the family and by Jan. So mm-hmm. like, why choose that kind of a, an actor? Why not make so? Cause the, if you look at the actual pictures of this guy, he's not, he's not as attractive as the actor they hired. Not for sure. Not as handsome. It's an, it's an odd choice. He's a sharp guy for bringing that fruit basket, though. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to give it three bugs, uh, but I was—I will say that I was left with a f- this feeling. Uh, did I need to see this? <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's important for victims to get their stories out there and not be ashamed and all that. But did I learn anything from this film? Uh, These are all questions. Is there a way in which a film like this would make victims and family members more readily take the steps necessary to stop sexual abuse? This film left me feeling dirty and wondering if I'd have been better off not seeing it. But then I um, noticed that there's a short paragraph on that beautifully designed website that says the mission Our hope with this film is to start the conversation. So often the hard topics are also the silent topics. So sexual and mental abuse continue. We want to show one family's experience with sexual abuse so that other families may recognize similar signs and remove themselves and their children from harm's way. I'm on board with that, 100%. Yeah, I'm on board with that as well. And in that way, they've succeeded for sure. I guess 
you know, I'm putting this into a category of uh, true crime entertainment, which I feel uncomfortable with how much I enjoy. Not this film necessarily, but the genre, you know? Yeah, I think it's just be sometimes the stories that are selected for such things are so unimaginable and unbelievable that that just compelling to listen to mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're a bad person steve so thanks sky borgman uh who directed this film you make me feel dirty <laughs> that's a no no <laughs> <laughs> Made out of babies um, is, uh, you know, I think I got introduced to them by coming across their, uh, a different album, not the one that I gave you, another one, I'm blanking on the name of the album, but the the cover was so striking that I, I bought it not knowing anything about the band. It's like a looks like a 70s or 80s photograph of a child with a black eye Mm. um and it was so coward coward yes that's it um it was so intense that i had to have it and just really fell in love with how intense this band is female fronted um post hardcore post-punk um really angular angry um but thoughtfully constructed songs i think yeah i just the first thing that i want to point out is the last i think several bands that you've given me to listen to are either they're well, there's not around anymore so you keep giving me things that i my like <laughs> but then i have no way of seeing live ever this band this was the last album uh, Big Bear, of course, disbanded. Fourth Wanderers on hiatus. Captain Beefheart dead. Dark Thoughts <laughs> Coffee Shop. <laughs> Dark Thoughts are alive and well, and you may very you have a very good chance of seeing them live. I just said they're in a coffee shop or they're on tour, so it's gonna. I told you they don't. I don't think they work there anymore. They might be. That said, I do get what you're saying. I I, I think that. The production value on this record is very high. They spent a lot of time making sure they had the sound of each part of this recording, right? I feel like because a lot of the like a lot of the songs are between I'd say four to six minutes. Many of them, there's nine songs. It's like around 42 minutes long. Um, I got a Mastodon vibe right away. Did you feel that? Oh, um, I don't really. I don't really know Mastodon. It reminded me of like, I'm not blanking on the album, but like some Mastodon albums from probably like six years ago. It, it reminded me of that. Uh, maybe that speaks to how it was produced, but that's the, the vibe I got right away. Do you, uh, did you come across this? Is this a uh, Albini, this one? Mm, that I don't know, but I do know okay. that this was their first record on. It was like the end uh records or something like that uh i might be misspeaking that um record company but 
for whatever reason they then they took a break after this this got out and then like a multiple year break and then in 2012 they announced that they were no longer a band but they've all gone on to do other things which is cool but you know i i i, I liked it i would have i would go see them but I'll, you know they didn't they're not around anymore so what are you gonna do wow wow a couple issues i had right away she says uh the, the lyrics are 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 pretty intense there's I, I found them all on Genius, each song. I always love that. Like, I like to do a listen where I can read along with the lyrics to get a better sense of what they were thinking when they were writing. That's like, uh, is that reverse karaoke? Uh, yeah, kind of. That's a fun way to do it. Invite your friends over for some reverse karaoke. You can have some pretzels and then just sit there. <laughs> Everyone shut up and eat your pretzels. Eat your, pre- eat your combos. Uh, she says either and I and the way the lyrics come out in that song, I would have said either. So that I don't know why that that bothered me, but it did. <laughs> either, hmm. yeah. I mean, I I th- I think I say both. Pronounce I, I pronounce both, but in that song, in that particular moment, I'd wanted it to be either. So sorry, and um, so the singer is Julie Christmas. I guess she, so. She was born on Christmas Day. That's her legal middle name. So it's, I think it's an amazing stage name to use Carl Christmas Carl Christmas it's the first one I thought of <clears throat> it's my my birth name um really really talented vocalist she's doing like I, I think she could be a, a really great voice actor as well because yeah. there's a lot of like high-pitched like shrieking there's there's screaming there's melodic beautiful tones happening there's a you know, a wide range of abilities with her voice. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and that also goes back to like the production value that I mentioned. I feel like they spent a lot of time getting all those things right. The first track on this album, um, Cooker, it starts off, it kind of scared me. Like I had to jump back <laughs> a little bit because she's using some sort of vocal effect where it, Oh, the cat's outside. Damn it. I thought I got him ball back inside. Like, like, whatever she's saying, like, you hear that out of the speaker, but you also hear like a deep voiced version. And it scared me, like a demon type voice. And I watched a video and they did that live as well. And I was just impressed. I don't know what, I'm sure it's a pedal or something. Or I don't know. You could maybe tell me what that's called, but it scared me, but I also loved it. Let's see if we can track it down and you could do the whole episode. Season two, episode one, you, you'll have that effect on your voice. This might not be the best podcast you've ever heard. No, that's that's Batman. That's the only th- thing I know how to do. Uh, but they also have right out of the gate. What's that called when you're like tap harmonic? You're like tapping the guitar strings and go wow, wow. But it's it's like you're lightly tapping the um, higher part of the the fret and the neck, like. Is it harmonics? It sounds like you're describing harmonics and then the the thing that you did with your mouth though didn't sound like harmonics. Yeah, it's like, well, when it's an electric guitar, it's and whatever amount of distortion they have. I think that's what it's called. They're like you tap it, you tap the strings like very lightly and then you release. So you get that effect. Mm-hmm. That's I think you're we're on the same page. I explained it beautifully. About four songs in, it kind of took a weird Western turn, and there was a couple of moments where I was like, I don't know if I would have, I would have gone down that road in my Oregon Trail. <laughs> um, but uh, the rest of the song made up for it. It gets very heavy at times. It's like a steady rain throughout 
doing this album and then it's it's thunderous and it lights up the sky it's one of those lightning bolts that all of a sudden it looks like it's daytime but i enjoyed it um the songs that i'm adding are grimace which made me of course think of the mcdonald's character <laughs> which was not her intention but it's hard to not hear that um some of the the lyrics if if you read along in the reverse karaoke style they you know multiple multiple paragraphs and i thought that was impressive and those were for the, some of the songs that are six or seven minutes long, but I thought that was pretty amazing to that this, a lot of um, care and time that goes into writing lyrics that are that lengthy for just one song. So I appreciated that. Oh, I'm adding, so I'm adding Grimace, Buffalo and Bunny Boots. Yeah, you are. I want to read my haiku for you. Staring back at me, a Neanderthal, it me. <laughs> gathering neckties uh, you lost me you want me to do it 575 again no I got, I'm, I'm just confused about gathering neckties we're all just looking for that next corporate job Steve trying to gather neckties <laughs> is, that, is, that a, is that a saying I just it could be I just it made sense to me the live show th- that I found there's not great videos content I'm often struck by how much the quality has suffered just 2008 a lot of their live shows I'm like what the fuck kind of cameras were these (laughs) it's like not even in HD you can the audio is kind of shit but you really the one song I think they're playing um, the last song of this album which is called How to Get Bigger and that's one of the songs where she's really showing off the various talents that she has with her voice. And it looked like a really fun show. Again, I wish I could, could see them. I enjoyed it for, there's a couple of songs where I felt like I didn't like them as much. And it was really just one, like a couple sounds with the specific choice they made with the guitar. But then I thought, shut up, shut up, Kevin, Carl, (laughs) Carl. And then I, uh, I got over it and the rest of the song I enjoyed. So I listened multiple times and after I impacted my emotional feelings and, and all of these things, thought about grabbing neckties and looking for new jobs and things. I, I gave it four bugs in there. It's in my rotation. I felt like I could almost give it three, but then I was like, no, I enjoyed it more than a three. So I give it four bugs in there. Round it up yeah. to the nearest bug. Um, I hope Julie, I, I did read that Julie Christmas all the other members of this band went on to be in the same band and she's doing other things. I hope that she continues to perform. So we'll see, but I wish them all luck. Gathering neckties. What about songs of the week? I've been listening to, uh, revisiting this Adam and his package album i find it good to work to and there's this one song in particular we've we did an half an episode on adam and his package but not on this record this is from 2001 called redefining music and there's a song called if you own the washington redskins if you own the washington redskins comma you're a cock and it's about like Um, the logo the mascot yeah um it touches on a a bunch of different racist 
uh, team names and mascots. And it just, it's a, it's a really, um, engaging song. It has a cool hook in the chorus and it has a part at the end that I believe is a direct reference of a La Tigra song. Uh, what's your take on Cassavetes? Um, he'll say like, what's your take on the Washington Redskins? What's your take on the Cleveland Indians? So I've been listening. I, I don't often like listen to one song uh, from an album, but this one I've been playing. I'll like play this one song and then move on to a full album. I think I listened to that when I was listening to Adam and his package, the other record. Mm-hmm. That's kind of impressive too, because that, I don't have the dates in front of me, but I'm sure that that song came out with before like the fight to have the Washington Redskins change their mascot. Like that was more mainstream, you know? Yeah. Probably way before. Cause this is from Oh one. Oh yeah, definitely. Although I don't know. I feel like I remember those conversations starting in the late nineties uh, in the news. That makes sense too. Maybe it like just was bigger and then there's a lull and then re- the, it was more mainstream again. Yeah. Um, I'm going to add a forest by the cure because Sarah was like, come over here, look at this. And she showed me a YouTube video of the cure playing the song before they started dressing like the cure. So it's like Robert Smith singing and um, the rest of the band members. And they all just look like some dudes playing music. And it's funny. Everybody subscribe. Steve, what about next week? I don't think we, we don't need any assignments next week. It's our last episode and we're going to celebrate by being unprepared and arguing about the what we should do in the future on the podcast. I think that's the okay time way, but we should revisit the conversation about uh, each of our our picks for album of the year, correct? Yeah, we should. <clears throat> so we'll discuss like maybe next week with Sarah, what we think we should do for season two. I feel like you know, there's a lot to explore there. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for listening to episode 29 of okay time. Mm-hmm. Who, me? We're produced by Sarah Taylor Cummings, and our intro and outro music is by the Hokkaido Concern of Newark, Delaware. Mm-hmm. If you want to, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. We would appreciate that, especially as we go into this long break before season two. Do the right thing. We have your social numbers. All we need now is a guarantee that you'll be there for us when we really need you. You can follow us on social media. You can follow Steve at Hairfort on Instagram and me at Carl Grashet on everything except LinkedIn where I use my real name. Don't follow me there. I don't like to get personal on a professional setting network. There's one more that we often forget to mention at OK Time Podcast. Oh yeah, follow us on Instagram at OK, at OK Time Podcast. We each post um, separately each week. We, we take turns at the helm and post what we think makes sense at the time and it usually does. Unless you post it and then it doesn't make that much sense but it's edutainment Mm -hmm. all right if you want to add steve on uh, linkedin to do that goodbye say goodbye goodbye
not a, I wouldn't say I'm a big X-Files guy. 